Hi everyone, today is February 8th, 2024, and this is Read Through the New Testament. And we're going to read the New Testament today. We are, and so we are going to read, we're going to continue in um, in Luke, and we'll read Luke chapter 11, uh, 1 through 26, and then we're going to start the book of Second uh, Thessalonians chapters 1 and 2. Because we finished First Thessalonians yesterday. Right, yep. And we'll talk about that when we get there. Right. But first is Luke chapter 11. He's going to be talking about prayer. And then Jesus, can you believe this, is accused of being satanic. That's crazy. It is super crazy. It just shows the extent to which people go when they are against you. They'll pull up anything that they can. And that's what's happening. They're against Jesus. And they pulled up an accusation. He was the most holy man in the world ever to walk the earth because he was the God man. Accused of being satanic. Unbelievable. Okay. Luke 11. Verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say... And this should be familiar. This is often called yeah, the, Lord's the Lord's Prayer. prayer. Yeah. Okay, so when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Okay, so... So that's a little short. <laughs> a little different. You wanted to say even some other things. Right, right. Uh, your right. kingdom come, your and, will be done. Right, but that's from the longer version that is more familiar is in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter so 6. So this is kind of a shortened version here. Yep. Because that's all of it right there. <clears throat> okay, verse 5. And he said to them... Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get, uh, I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke and the people marveled. But some of them said, because they're so against him, like here you have this person who couldn't speak. Jesus rebukes this man, this demon, and all of a sudden people are against him. It's amazing. Some of them said, he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, while others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. Sounds familiar. Abraham Lincoln and Springfield said that. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, and it was, then the kingdom of God has come upon you, and it did. 
When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Yep. Okay. okay, so leave some space in chapter 11 because there's there's quite a bit more that happens in chapter 11. But yep. So far we've had the um, Jesus teaches on prayer with the Lord's Prayer and then casting out demons by... Yep. Yeah, and if you're familiar with these stories enough, your summary can even say like Lord's Prayer, yep. period, and, and then Beelzebul, period. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, then with the other ones, you can kind of pick what you think is most important to try mm-hmm. to fit in your space. Okay? All right, we are now beginning Second Thessalonians. And this continues from First Thessalonians, which we finished yesterday. And this is written to the church in Thessalonica, which, remember, was in Acts chapter 17. Mm-hmm. And Paul had gone there with Silas after having been imprisoned in Philippi in Acts chapter 16. And they were there, and the Thessalonians said, Oh, these people who are turning the world upside down have come here among us, and they want to just disrupt us. And so they tried to capture Paul, and Paul was hiding in a house of Jason, and Jason went out and said, Okay, I promise, right, he won't come back. And then Paul left, um, and Timothy and Silas were left there in Thessalonica. Uh, They came back and reported uh, very quickly after um, they had left um, there, and Paul was in Corinth when he wrote this. And he wrote one letter and then another letter. And, and this letter here deals with, again, with second coming sort of things. The people were confused about it. He clarifies that in chapter 2. Um, as a result, thinking that Jesus is going to come back any moment, chapter 3 speaks about people who are idle and quit their jobs and uh, just waiting for Jesus to come back. And he said, no, 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 you, you got to keep working. Uh, but chapter 1 deals with um, how they were persecuted. If you look at chapter 1, verse 4, they were persecuted, but they still had faith. And uh, basically, Paul says, don't worry. Those who are persecuting you, they'll face the judgment of God. You don't have to judge them. You don't have to avenge yourself. God will avenge himself. Okay? okay. There's our introduction. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Second Thessalonians, chapter 1. Is it your turn? My turn. Okay. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persuasions, or in all your persecutions, and in the afflictions that you are enduring. And there's the key. Persecutions, afflictions, they're enduring it with faith, trusting in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now he replies and says, Christ, Christ will judge those who are persecuting you wrongly. So you don't have to. Verse 5, this is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. Since indeed, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us. 
when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we also pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for every good for good, every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. So there's tying persecution in the second coming because mm-hmm. the persecutors will be punished yep. at the second coming. Yep. Okay, chapter 2. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us or to the, uh, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. I was just thinking about how we have identity theft today and, and false letters and communication and here someone claiming to be Paul is writing to them and um, saying... The second coming has already happened. It's absolutely identity. That's great insight. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, so he, Paul's saying, don't be alarmed by that. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come, unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was with you still, uh, that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Well, there's powerful things there. Jesus is going to come and um, punish them for their unbelief with their the pleasure breath in the world. of his mouth. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> the power of Jesus. Yeah. Okay, uh, last paragraph here, verse 13. But we ought always to give thanks to, you, to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. All right, sounds good. We'll finish it tomorrow. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Bye.